Good evening. 7 p.m. on Wednesday evening. This is... What is this, Adam? My name's Jack Mancini, and we're talking on the radio tonight about small businesses. What is this? this is, what's the show? What is this show? It's 30 d- Secrets of Small Business, there you I go. think, right? That's the one. And tomorrow is draft day in the NFL. <clears throat> draft day, where they pick the number one. The number one team who's going to pick number one is going to be the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, good old Cleveland Browns. That's where we live and love. One in 31 the last two seasons. That's a great, great record for that coach. That's what they should draft. They should draft him on a on a pirate ship and send him out to sea, as far as I'm concerned. But, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't do anything for the draft. But that's our theme tonight. We, uh, we being my partner, longtime partner in business coaching, Adam Sunhalter, we have a company called Maximum Value Partners, and we deal with owners of small businesses. We make them better. We coach them. We coach them often for years, and they grow right before our very eyes. Picking those people, organizing those people, that's what they do best under our tutelage. And that brings us to the theme of tonight, and that is to talk about the draft and to talk about people and to... Talk about the organization. You know, tell me this. How can they spend, they being the NFL hierarchy and the whole organization of the NFL, spend billions with the best minds, the best people, unlimited resources almost, to test and look at and analyze football players coming out of college, and they end up like Cleveland has been doing now for months and months. They're going to draft number one. All the slayer, all the players selected starting tomorrow, they have the first choice of all of them. And I'm going to tell you, as excited as I am, the statistics say that they're going to bomb out on this. And unfortunately, that's going to be the case. <laughs> and they're going to bomb out bad because that's what they've been doing. <clears throat> I don't want to see that happen. But if I were a betting man, that's what's going to happen. And the reason is, I don't know the reason. We're going to talk about that tonight. Not so much the draft, but implications <laughs> of the draft. Right. We're going to we're going to make some relations to it. So that's a very <laughs> inspirational opening opening monologue, Jack. So our oh, wait, topic. I didn't, I didn't give your name. You're Adam Sunhalter. I am. I'm Adam Sunhalter, <clears throat> longtime partner with you here, Jack. Fifteen plus years in business wow. and a couple of years now doing this show. And we're here to talk about how do you draft the right players for your team. So we'll touch back on the business side. We want to touch about the, the, the NFL draft to start with and make, make the analogy here. Before I jump into that, uh, if you have something you'd like to add to this or want to talk about your team or whatever it might be, you're always welcome to call in here. We're, as Jack said, we're always here live in the studio Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. We've got Sean sitting by on the board. You can get a hold of us here at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. You can also email us radio at maximumvp.com or you can tweet at us we got three ways to get a hold of us in the twitter sphere the one is our company handle which is at maximum vp if you want to get to jack you do it at jack m mvp or for me it's at adam sonhalter so lots of ways to get a hold of us to be part of the show but yeah as we talk about the the, the draft here again it, it, you, you you'll be hard pressed to find anybody whether it be locally or nationally, he doesn't have an opinion about the draft, as we hear about 24 hours before the draft, whether they're fa- you know, whatever their favorite team might be. And for those of us here in Northeast Ohio or long, uh, lifelong Browns fans, we have this is kind of our local Super Bowl. Cause we, we, we've never been to one before in 52 years. This seems to be the Super Bowl every year where the hope, hope springs eternal. Doesn't it ever. Boy, doesn't it ever. Yep. And that's true. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of analogies here that we'll, we'll draw throughout the show tonight to compare drafting a new player for something like, like an NFL team versus drafting or hiring a new, a new player for your team as part of your business. Those new people bring lots of hope and excitement as part of coming into your team. And as Jack alluded to earlier on, there, there are billions with a B, billions of dollars, Thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, probably hundreds of thousands of hours, put towards 
analyzing, slicing, dicing, testing, all kinds of different things to, to try to figure out the right person or the right people to draft. And part of what we're going to discuss tonight is how important is that? So when you look at, at, at people's records, okay, whether it be NFL teams or, or, or companies or your competitors or, or your, own, your own draft record, how come some folks seem to get it right more often than others? Are they that much better at identifying the talent? Do they have a certain secret sauce that they use in order to evaluate or analyze people's abilities? Or is it something deeper than that? Boy, you know, there's only the New England Patriots are the team, if we're talking NFL, which we are somewhat. They're the ones who seem to be doing it better than everybody else. So why is that? They have uh, what, what is reputed to be a dysfunctional coach who, who's a genius. Is that what it takes? Maybe some wacko at the top who, who uh, uh, is genius. Very few people understand him. That's why he's number one, doesn't talk much, kind of moody-looking guy. But he produces winners. The coach produces winners. Not like our coach. Well, he's, in, he's, <laughs> he's in charge. Not he's like a, Cleveland's coach. He's in charge of the draft to a certain extent, too. But, yeah, he, he, there are examples of those kind of folks in business as well, Jack. You know, one, know. one of the, the, the most well-known is uh, one who passed away a few years ago by the name of Steve Jobs from Apple. Yeah, kind of, you know, as you're describing Bill Belichick, who's, who's the coach of the New England Patriots, um, you know, Steve Jobs would be, probably be described in a lot of the same ways. <laughs> Kind of moody, mercurial, a little hard to kind of get your arms around. Could be uh, very abrasive, or uh, you know, or at the same time be very engaging, depending who he's talking to. So, are are they successful? Uniquely successful because very few people understand them, and therefore we can't we can't reach the magic uh, potion that they use and that they have. We don't know. We don't think like them. We don't socialize with people like that. Uh, is that what it is, Adam? Are we going to find the Are we going to find the answer tonight? Well, and the answer. What answer am I talking about? The answer to the question is what makes What makes somebody who heads up an organization more successful than others, time after time? Why? What do they do differently? Are they lucky? Are they lucky over how long has Belichick been coaching? He's been coaching years, for 18 years? years. 18 yeah. years of the Patriots. Okay, so is he lucky? There's always luck. There are, sure, there's some luck involved. They, they, but people there's have more. There's more. There's different ways to go about it. So part of it, and this is, again, comes back to identifying identifying the right talent to bring in. Okay, that's what, that's where it starts with. Now, you can make arguments in, in a lot of different ways. So how important is the person who, you know, you bring a certain talent in and they're going to rise above whatever the circumstances are. Versus other folks who are equally as talented, and depending on the situation they're put into, they may either thrive and be very successful, or they may crash and burn and not be successful because of the environment. So the culture of the, of the organization, the folks that are there that are involved in terms of the fellow players, the, the, the coaches, the ownership, as far as just the overall feel and how things are done within a certain organization. And, you know, if you have a guy like a Tom Brady. Oops, right. I knew he was going to get out of there. I knew he, I knew Tom Brady was going to be. Of course. Where did, a, he go to, where did he go to college? That's right. He went to a great school up north, the University of Michigan. <laughs> and as much as I love Tom Brady and I follow his career because, you know, being a fellow Michigan alum, I don't know that Tom Brady would be Tom Brady everywhere. He's Tom Brady as a gnome because he was part of, part of the, New, the New England Patriots. Would Bill Belichick be Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? Wait, how was Tom Brady at Michigan when he was up there? He, uh, he was he was okay. He had a he had a freshman phenom that was there in his senior year, named Drew Henson, and the two of them kind of split time between going back and forth. Where they, they 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 it was pretty equal actually in terms of how much each of them played for for Brady's senior year, and this was Henson's freshman year. And he got picked sixth round. Sixth round, and Henson got picked early on when he came out. He was also a guy who was a multi-sport athlete. He was signed by the New York Yankees out of high school, and he got signed a several several million-dollar bonus to play baseball and wanted to play in college football to start with. Hmm. So okay. he had trouble getting on the field against that guy. And Henson couldn't decide between the two, and you know, he, he had a very short NFL career. 
But you know, you know, when you look at Brady versus Belichick, and Belichick was a head coach here in Cleveland for a while. That's right. And had some mixed results. Did okay. He was obviously also very successful as a defensive coordinator with uh, with Bill Parcells in New York with the Giants, with the Jets, also in New England for a little while. So he was, you know, he had some successes, but. Yeah, what? And one of the things people often will will, will debate: Well, is Brady su- successful because of Belichick, or is Belichick successful because of Brady? We don't know because their 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 ride has been has been intertwined for the last eighteen years as part of their their New England story. Going to, I think, what is it, eight Super Bowls now, winning five of them mm-hmm. over the course of eighteen years. Again, it's a it's a modern day dynasty. So is he spotted? Was his talent spotted by Belichick? No, if, again, if you look at what the yeah you know, what the if they knew that he was going to be that good, they wouldn't have waited to draft him. It's the same discussions happening now where you've got, in modern day, they, they, there's a debate about four or five different quarterbacks right now to be drafted tomorrow. And you have people saying, hey, pick your guy, number one. If you're going to number one, pick your guy, right? Other folks saying, hey, you're also picking number four. Why don't you pick somebody else number one and, and pick somebody you know, pick somebody else at number four? Well, why would you let somebody else control your destiny? That's right. So, you know, again, I'll jump back and forth here between organization versus the NFL. When you're looking to, to hire somebody for your organization, how do you identify who the best people are? And do you wait just for somebody to kind of show up, or do you go try to find that well, right look person? At, look at the odds, first of all. The billions with a B that you, you stated on you know, when you first got on tonight. The billions and countless hours, thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours spanning years by the best people that money can buy to analyze other human beings, football players, and they fall short. All with all that effort, they they fall short. Statistically, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess because I don't know, but the picks, the the busts in the NFL are high. So here, an organization that has untold billions with the best possible people analyzing it, they can't get it right. And your company, Mr. Business Owner or Ms. Business Owner, your company doesn't have near those resources for sure. And you got to make one or two picks, and they got to be home runs. Look at the odds, how difficult this is. How come, Adam? Why does that happen? Why is it so difficult? <laughs> yep. Well, why? <laughs> got a lot of questions tonight, Jack. I do. These questions are aimless. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's trying to figure out how do you find those people. And I guess part of the beauty, we got we got a minute here before our break, Jack. You know, one of the one of the the, the, the beauties of this is with the NFL, you got 32 teams. It's a very uh, very small marketplace. When it comes to small business, usually you got more. You know, you got more competitors. You got you got more opportunities. You know, so the the pressure isn't as much there. As it is with being the you know being a John Dorsey who's who's the, the the general manager for the Browns right now, a lot of pressure being in that spot now. You're the guy with the number one pick, and the whole world's looking at you. Well, as a small business owner, you might feel that way sometimes, where the eyes are upon you. But again, in reality, it's a little different situation for. for well, most you of just them. don't have the resources. That's that's the the big difference. And but to your point, if they did, you may not. <laughs> Still not make, yeah, may, I, may I, make I, the yeah. right choice, right? I agree. So, so. There, there are a lot of things there. We'll, we'll delve into this a little more as we get into our next segment here. So stay tuned to learn more about how do you draft the right people for your team. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. Having a good time tonight talking about football. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. I'm smiling Give me Alright, welcome back, welcome back We're here on Draft Eve That's almost as exciting as Christmas Eve Especially here in uh, Northeast Ohio uh, Thanks for joining us again here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business I'm Adam Sonhalter Hey, and I'm Jack Mancini, and yes, we're talking a little bit of football and how it relates to your business. All you owners of small businesses, you know, you have the same problem as the NFL does. You're trying to find and draft good people. Big difference, they have about $6 billion to spend on it, and you got uh, probably 400 bucks. So it's a big difference. Their success rate is probably worse than yours, though, if you do it right and get a little lucky. So that's what we're kind of talking about tonight. 
and the difficulty and the pleasures and or horrors of not getting the right people. The horrors. Horrors. There's horror stories with bad horror. people. Horror. Especially okay. in today's litigus. What did I say? Horrors? <laughs> I said horrors or horrors. <laughs> I don't know. H. The, my words start with an H. H versus a WH. Oh, got it. okay. You're All good. Right. All right. I got you. But, yes, that's what we're talking about tonight. And we have experienced quite a bit of hiring and or finding and or drafting good people. And how often it, it uh, let's say how often it disappoints. Well, let's say this. When, when, when we start with our clients, so keep in mind, our clients, and we were talking about this in the last couple of shows, we were talking about some of the marketing stuff we're doing, we were talking about different demographics and that. And as we looked at kind of ideal clients for us, our, our ideal client has an average of about eight employees. Okay. And when we go in day one, it is rare that an owner says, hey, all my people are a bunch of bozos and they aren't good. Usually they'll say, hey, I got some very good people here. Typically they, they, they will say that. Now, they aren't always correct. They may have some good people that they may not, but that's usually where people feel. Like, hey, I have some good people here. And so the question becomes, well, why aren't those good people performing well? You know why? I know the answer, Adam. Because they, they aren't good people. <laughs> well, I think some are good people and some aren't. And the the environment, I think, is an important part of it. And so, being part of an environment where people are going to be surrounded by by good folks. So, how do you? So, drafting is one thing, but but you know, all these good teams, whether whether it be teams in 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 the NFL or teams in small business, they aren't all based on the draft per se. You can build and add to the to the organization as part of that draft, but there are other things that there are other ways to to acquire talent. People do trades or they, they sign free agents. And there, there, there are all kinds of stories out there about folks who were late round or, or, or non-drafted folks that became pro bowlers or Hall of Famers that did very well. The people missed. Somehow they, they missed on this person. They missed. You think it's, it's, it's uh, like so many things. There, there's a certain system, and if you operate within the lines of that system – you're considered okay. It's the people who take the chances, who often go outside the lines and and uh, take those chances, hire somebody or pick somebody in the draft that, like a Tom Brady. Look at the career that that guy has. My God, probably the best quarterback ever. And he was he was picked outside the line, sixth round. Nobody saw him coming. Should have been a number one draft pick by all the experts. Sure, should have but been the first guy take, picked. Yeah, people take comfort. They they take comfort in staying between the lines. So there's a certain sameness that develops. People don't take chances on on hiring people very often that that are not on on uh, one of the the selections for people, be it Indeed or be it uh, whatever. You know the the various ways of choosing people draw the lines and most people stay within that and within those lines you don't have a lot of Tom Brady's you got them outside the lines and so I don't know I think that's a big factor very subjective but nonetheless that's that's kind of what happens you know well let me talk for a second here about how people <coughs> seem to lack and then we see this a lot with, with small companies Jack they're, they kind of lack knowing what they're looking for so what's very popular, a term that's thrown around a lot when it comes to the NFL draft, is something called a draft board. Okay, a draft board is where a team will literally rank all these players that they've been scouting and looking at. So there'll be hundreds of players. They got on a board, they have them ranked from 1 to, let's say, 300. How many players are ranking? So here's all this, the film study, interviews, folks they've talked to, different tests that have happened. Wherever it's been, they're using a bunch of different – pieces and parts to be able to rank these folks okay so in order to get a draft board pulled together you have to be able to say here's things that we value and different organizations have different draft boards that's a very good point that's a very good point. so what yeah. we see with small companies is often they aren't necessarily sure what makes somebody successful or what they value and when they look at what a good what a good person looks like and we've discussed this Hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, Jack, in, re- in real life, but also I know dozens, if not hundreds of times here on the show. But one of the frustrations we have when it comes to owners of small companies is helping them understand what a good person looks like. 
because a lot of the, the characteristics of a good person aren't the tangible. So you, you'll hear about the NFL draft here. Let's just pick on quarterbacks. That's usually one of the most popular ones. We'll talk about things like arm strength and hand size and their height and their weight and yeah, their vertical leap and their their 40 yard dash time. So a lot of these these measurables, okay? But they aren't using just those measurables to rank them on their boards. There are a lot of other intangible stuff, okay? So when they're when they come on their visits, they aren't allowed to work them out as part of their visit, Jack. So the the physical workout isn't happening. It's they bring them into the building and they're going to sit down and meet people. And they're going to judge how when you enter the building what kind of presence do you have walking in the building, Jack? Do you do you do you, do you, you know do you attract attention to yourself? Do you do you say hello to the person at the front desk, the person at the cafeteria? Do you treat everybody the same? There's a lot of different things people are looking to to try to have those intangibles that maybe aren't as measurable. There's a little bit of a feel to it, and people often will miss some of these things. Look how well, look how difficult it is to talk about your feelings, you know, and and to make judgments, and we all do. We all do make judgments on our feelings, but it's so intangible and so difficult to pinpoint that and express it in the right words. I know Hugh Jackson certainly can't do it, but besides him, you know, it's a very difficult process to narrow down, nail down those those intangibles. And I agree, that's that's what they kind of look for now, because they go to combines, they got statistics up the wazoo for for uh, basically measuring the the athletic the athletic basics in these people, and they miss. They continue to miss. So they're looking for the intangibles. How do you do that, Adam? Well, part of it, I think you're mentioning you're, you're saying feelings. I'll call. I'll add that a little bit, Jack. It's more like kind of a gut feel to a certain extent. People have have an educated gut, and the more experience you have, the more the more stuff's been thrown into that gut to educate it. One of the things that we do with with most of our clients, because a lot of our clients haven't actively been seeking out people. That's not something that, that, that owners of small companies will do. Or they're, they're always interviewing people. And so when we help them put together, you know, you mentioned earlier, Jack, like things like, like, like Indeed or ZipRecruiter are two very popular tools to go out and try to find people. And there's a couple of components to go out to find some people. It starts with, first of all, trying to describe what role you're hiring somebody for. Okay, so what a, what, what, uh, What's that job description look like? You know, what kind of duties and functions do you want this person doing? The second part of that is, okay, what kind of person are you looking for? So that might include some of those measurables in terms of, hey, we'd like somebody with a, a high school degree or, or an associate's degree or a college degree. We'd like somebody with uh, some experience in, you know, if it's if it's in sales, somebody's got some sales experience. If it's somebody who's who's dealing with, with uh, accounting, they have some some accounting courses or finance background or, or QuickBooks experience, whatever it might be, they, 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 you start to identify some certain skills. And then it comes to what you're saying, Jack, more of those intangible stuff, right? So the when somebody pulls together a resume, you might be able to measure it against some of those skills you're looking at. But until you pick up the phone and call and talk to somebody on the phone, and if they pass through that, bring them into your building, interview them in person, talk to them a little bit, how do they present themselves. There's a lot of those intangibles, okay? And so you can start to, to, to define those intangibles in terms of, we'll talk about good people in terms of the ways that they approach stuff, where they have a certain curiosity about them, they have a certain attitude about way they, the way that they approach stuff. Well, we, we, we've developed in our coaching practice a 14-point criteria before we even take somebody on. So you might be a prospect for us, and we're talking to you, and we will, we will after you leave our interview, we're going to decide whether or not we want to coach you. And there are several people, not several, there are a lot of people who we don't take on, we don't coach after we, we've interviewed them. And we don't do that because they don't meet the criteria that we're looking for. Now, we aren't psychologists and, and deep uh, psychological thinkers skilled in picking out human behavior traits and the like. It's, it's mostly gut feel, a little better. We use different, uh, a different program called DISC, which measures and analyzes uh, behavior of people. But that's a very, very difficult, usually it falls into the gut, the gut feel. Uh, there isn't a lot of science available to small business owners to to separate 
people who they're looking for to hire with the company. It's a very difficult process. And part of what we help our clients do is they start to educate their guts. And we'll, we'll encourage them to... to as if Wait a minute. Educate their guts. Yes. Hmm. As opposed to expand their guts or fill their guts. Those are always so kind of fun, too. a big gut has is, is got more... <laughs> that's, a sign, that's a sign of tremendous wisdom. Is that that's what it right. is? That's right. we work right. on that some more, Jack. Let's get those guts out ready to go. I, I agree. Smaller belts, so there's more hanging <laughs> over, right? <laughs> right? That's right. Give the impression for big guts. Big hey, guts that are guy, the thing. that guy's got insight. I want to hire. I want him to hire my better employees. Talk, better talk to him. <laughs> So what we'll do is we'll help them educate their guts by, you know, if you go go to those sites, like I mentioned, you know, the, 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 the zip recruiters and deeds and that, you'll, you'll get usually hundreds of resumes pretty quickly. And so you have to go sifting through those and try to match them up a little bit. But the, the real education comes from those discussions that we're talking about. And you see how people present themselves, how they talk about things. And you may have people, you may have three resumes on paper, Jack, that look, that, that, that look identical. Identical. Just like identical. our buddy from... Uh, Remember that movie, Jack? Come on. <laughs> Which one? Identical. Which one? My no. cousin Vinny. Remember the oh, guy in court? Oh, my. Yeah, 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 Those yeah. tracks are identical. Anyway, yeah, so that's right. they may look identical on paper, but then you get and sit in front of them, and they stand out one way or the other by just talking to them. It may, it may take a few minutes. It may take a half an hour. So we'll leave you with that for just a second. We'll, we'll, we'll be back after the break today to talk a little more about how do you identify the right players and draft the right players for your team. I'm Adam Sonhalter. We're looking for people, and I'm Jack Mancini, and we're going to get this draft thing nailed down. Are we going to make picks tonight on our draft? Sure, we'll do that towards the end, Jack. All right, stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. She stood on the tracks, waving her arms, leading me to that. All right, we're back at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Thank you for joining us again on this uh, this week's episode as we're talking about how do you identify and draft the right players for your team. You're welcome, Adam. This is Jack Mancini. <laughs> you must have been listening to me, Jack. I know, I was. That's good. Well, we're having some good good discussions tonight about the NFL draft, which is coming up here just a little bit, 24 and a half hours from now, Jack. Boy. We'll, we'll know what's going to happen. And uh, we're relating that to small businesses and bringing in good people to your team. And how do you how do you do that? How do you be able to figure out what's kind of going on? And we were talking in the last segment a little bit about the idea of a draft board and be able to rank people and how you have some measurable items, some very tangible items to that, and some very intangible items to that. So we were talking about guts and educating guts and all those kind of things and looking at some identical resumes and how people will stand out when, they're, when, when they interview. And often when you meet people, and the more people you meet and talk to, you start to identify what good people start to look like. And it's a, it's a high-five moment for Jack and I when we have a client who has a great hire and it's a good person, and we see the light bulb go off. For the, often for them, for the very first time, they say, you've been talking to me for months or years about this whole concept of, of a good person, and I finally know what you mean. Because so-and-so we've got on board, boom, this person is exactly what you were talking about. And, and they can they can feel it and see it. It's almost instantaneous when they come as part of the organization. It is, yeah. And, 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 and boy, I think there's a lot of luck involved. Because there's a lot of people who know the drill of, of interviewing, and they can put on the charm, and they can say the right things. But way down deep, you know, they, they aren't going to be the right people. More and more, I, I, I would say probably 8 out of 10 would not classify as good people the way we, we see it. And the intangibles, because they are intangibles, make it so difficult to, to discuss what a good person looks like. You know, you can lay out a job description, you can lay out duties, you can look at past records, and you can have a one- or two-page bullet point list of things you're looking for but that good person doesn't necessarily conform to a piece of paper they do more and you really can't judge that until they're on board for a while and they're inner they're intermixing with your your other employees and uh it's it's just you know you you can lay down some things but it is so difficult to find them in an interview that's why i think we can both empathize with with the nfl 
even though you know they, a lot of things just don't lend themselves to having big money thrown at them. In fact, it probably does just the opposite. But that's the nature of, of what they're about, and that's the world we live in. So, so, so one of the most successful ways we see, and I'll, I'll come back to the, to the, to the Browns yeah. here for a second. So they hired a, a new general manager, John Dorsey, with about four games to go. So this is what, back in November, December last year. And one of the first things he did was he made changes to the front office. So some of the key, key right-hand people for him, he, he went to folks he had spent time working with. He'd been with Kansas City prior to being with the, with the Browns. He was with the, with the Packers before then. So what he did, he started to bring in and recruit folks that he knew, folks that he had worked side by side with. So he kind of knew what he was getting. And a big part of changing a culture, changing an organization, can often happen from the top down. With some, you bring a handful of good people into the organization, it's amazing how that can permeate the organization, especially when when they're in key roles because they can they can set the tone how things are being done and things being done differently to kind of make things start to happen. So if you have experience with people, that's a great way to be able to, 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 to identify and bring those good people yeah, in. That's true, Adam. That, that's a very good way. That's why often, uh, uh, you know, somebody with, with an executive position will bring in one or more of his own people or her own people uh, when they leave to a new position because they know. They, they recognize a good person. They have a track record, and why wouldn't you want to continue on with that person, knowing how difficult it is to find somebody like that? That's a very good point. Well, we had a client that, you know, less than a year ago was having trouble with one of their facilities. They hired a new general manager for that facility, and that general manager recruited half a dozen people from a, from a, from the prior place of employment to come with him to help get things righted. And within a few months, things were, were righted and turned in the right direction. Because they had the team that was there and knew what, knew what they were going to get. One of those ways this can be very helpful for, for a small business is if you can find those people. And we're, let me give this caveat. It's like kind of a disclaimer we often have to give, Jack. We are not huge fans of hiring friends and family. Oh, my okay? God, no. And we understand and believe, believe us. <laughs> Uh, nearly half our clients have quite a few friends and family that are part of the business. And they'll, they'll go against our, our strong admonition, is that the right word? That uh, we don't want them to do it. Don't hire friends and family. You'll oh. live to regret I'm it. I'm generally. confused. Jack, you use a word that's more than three syllables. I don't know how to. I'm sorry. I, I, sometimes Can you spell I just that can't word? help it. No, admonition. I can't even say it again. <laughs> <laughs> We, well, we aren't admonishing them. Admonishing them usually will happen after they've done something incorrect. It's more, well, it's more of a warning. No, no. When they think about it, we, say we admonish right. them. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> adamant. We are very adamant Wait, about man, it. There's a voice coming yeah. from the... <laughs> hey, I'm hearing... Yeah, we're hearing voices. Adamant, yeah, we're very adamant about not doing it. And often, <laughs> often, often people are there when, when, we, when we come in. Okay? So they, they, they've hired friends and family, and they're part of the organization already. But we look at... They can be a good source for helping to find other good people. The whole idea of know, like, and trust. We have a, a client of ours who has grown, and primarily they've grown through, and they're up to, they've gone from, from zero employees to about 15 employees. Wait a minute, how can they have zero employees? Well, the owner is by himself to start with, right? <laughs> they've yes. grown primarily what? through know, like, and trust. What the okay? heck is that? What's know, like, no, and like, trust? No, like, and trust. So I know you. Hey, Jack, I know you. I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. I like you on most days. Mm-hmm. And I trust you. Okay? So no like, and trust. We have, that, we have that relationship. So we all know a lot of people. If you're curious about whether you know a lot of people or not, go on to any of your social medias, your Facebooks, your, your Twitters, your Instagrams. Um, look on your phone, your smartphone, your dumb phone, whatever you got. Look at your email account. You, you, you probably know hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. Chances are you don't like every one of those, and they probably don't like you either. And you may not even know them very well. <laughs> you may know of them, or you—that's you, right. A lot you know, of useless phone contacts. <laughs> right. I know. So as you go down from that no to the like, then trust really starts of kind of skinny down. Folks who trust you, or you trust, or folks that are willing to help, you're willing to help. If you're lucky, maybe a handful of those folks would maybe take a bullet for you. Okay. Wow. That's that's on the extreme level of trust, and there's there's things in between there, but. Yeah, you know, we all have people who know, like, and trust us as well. Maybe it's dozens, maybe it's hundreds, if if you're fortunate. Those folks who know, like, and trust you can be very helpful because, unlike as you're as you're mentioning before, Jack, people can be very good at interviewing. 
They get they, they get very good at. It. Come back to the NFL for a second. You know, they, they, these top draft choices, they all go to the same people, right? They all go to the same people. You know, that they prepare for the for, for the NFL combines. So they're preparing for these different these different drills physically. They're going to PR and interview coaches, right, to, to make sure, and they're getting drilled. Hey, when, sure, this, when they man. ask you this question, what do you say, Jack? And they're poking you here and there. And so, both, so, both sides, yeah. both sides of that aisle. That's so, right. So, so, so they get kind of hemmed in to be able to answer things in a certain way. And so it can be hard to kind of figure things out. So you may go and maybe you, you go and talk to their 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 college coach or their head coach or position coach or talk to their and he's going to say high school, nothing yeah, bad about the, the high school coach or so you then try to dig in further and you want to go talk to hey who was a person that was in their dorm you know freshman year or, you know who, who was a waitress who was waiting on them at the, at the local bar you try to find anything you can to try to get a true sense for what this person's like if you're going through somebody you know like and trust and knows them pretty well it's almost like one of those off the record kind of discussions Jack hey let's have a chat off the record. I'll tell you how I really feel about this person, but you can't tell anybody else kind of thing, you know. But they'll, they'll tell you how things really are versus – because if all of a sudden you're blowing smoke at me and lying, <laughs> lying to me, well, that no like and trust is going to be damaged tremendously. So I'm thinking, wait a minute. I thought you were, I thought you were being truthful with I me. I drafted not. this guy on the word of Adam, and it messed me up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Adam swore that he was this way and this way, and the first thing he did was go out and get that. So, yes, you're right. So that's a that's a big part. That's a big part of the smoke screens that are out there. And who do you trust? And, and how does that work? So, when it comes to small companies, we're we're very big and very fond of of tapping into that know like and trust. That's where again they circle back to family and friends, and they're good people to be able to tap into if they are aware of some good people. And we have again this one client. They've grown through primarily know like and trust. It started with the owners know like and trust, and then as he, you know he started to bring on some good people. They have their own know, like, and trust folks. They started to bring those people in. They're already vetted pretty well. And they know, hey, the, the, they might be a fit here or not. And, and part of it is the, the skills and experience. But a, a big part of it, too, is this whole intangible part. Are, are they going to be a fit for the culture and for the organization? Well, in this case, this guy does have a pretty good gut. So that helps. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. No, yes. that, that's how it's done. Yes. That's how it's done best using your best resources, because you're very, very limited, you owners of small businesses. But people who you know, like, and trust should be your prime source of referrals. And it's amazing how deep you can drill into an organization or looking for a person using your own contacts. It doesn't have to be hundreds. It could be tens. And if these people who know, like, and trust you and vice versa will help you, and they will help you, they'll help you get connected. They'll help you get connected to wherever you're trying to get connected to. It's amazing how, how that works. But yet, so many people don't use it. They're afraid to pick up that phone. It uh, often astonishes us how, how neglected that, that tremendous, wonderful source of contacts to pick good people, find good people, is, is totally neglected. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that. Sorry, Jack. That source of the, the actual phone is often so, so neglected. Well, that's true too. We're amazed by that these days too. There are too many folks that are that are texting and emailing and tweeting and and facebooking and insta facing and snap whatever they do. You know, they're, they're doing all those other things. But the simple picking up the phone and having a conversation with somebody, or you know, or or, or heaven forbid, having a having a, a an actual sit down with somebody, Jack, to kind of talk about stuff. Those are very important things, and and the, the intangibles we're talking about, those often come through in those kind of discussions. Yeah, very much so. You know, you're, if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a good person, always start with your know-like-and-trust list. If you don't have a know-like-and-trust list, frickin' get going and use what's in your smartphone. And everyone has a smartphone today. Yeah, yes, they do. you got to make sure you know what you're looking for. That's a big part of it, too, to be able to direct those people. So right. those are those are important things. All right, so we're up against our, our, our final break here. We'll be back um, here in a few minutes to continue talking about how do you how do you draft the right players for your team. And I guess we'll also have to give out our picks here, Jack, in the, in the last segment of the show. So stay tuned for those. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.
right, we're back at it here in our last segment of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Thanks for joining us. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are dissecting the process of finding good people and also who the heck is good in the NFL draft, which starts tomorrow. I don't know, Adam. There are lots of good people out there, Jack, whether it be the NFL draft or for the folks you could draft and bring <laughs> into your company. That's a big challenge. You spent some time tonight kind of talking about some of the things you want to focus on to have, help identify and uh, kind of create a version of your own kind of draft board. I mean, folks you, you, you'd like to kind of bring on board. You know, one of the things we, that we didn't talk about, Jack, in terms of ways to, uh, to find good people, we talked about the idea of going to some, some of these uh, broader websites like Indeed or, or ZipRecruiter. There's also things like Craigslist and other, other listings. We mentioned the whole idea of know, like, and trust, tapping into people who you already know, like, and trust and, and getting referrals to them or introductions from them. A great way to go as well is take a look around some of your competitors. Mm, that's right. Some competitors and see kind of what's out there. You know, the, 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 your competitors often will have some good people who are there. And one of the things we often encourage our clients to pursue is to look at potential acquisitions and to go look to acquire. It could be a competitor or it could be a company that's, that's separate from them. It's maybe in a little different um a different service or product in, in their industry it's a little bit different or it could be something totally outside of it but when you when you when you acquire another company one of the things you often acquire is some good people as part of that acquisition because they have some they have a good team member if the company's run well usually they'll have some good people as part of that team that's usually the case yeah i would agree with that or vendors can, too vendors you know yep. who uh, i i remember when i owned <clears throat> owned my companies and were running them i hired uh, one with steel related and they had a real good steel salesman, you know, representing a, a steel company down in Columbus. And he would call on us. He just really impressed the heck out of me. And I was able to talk him into doing a side job of brokering steel for us. And he did a great job part-time. It's, it's, it's what happens. There's so much talent, uh, you know, they, they can do. They aren't complaining about 40-hour weeks and whining about benefits and they see an opportunity. They get excited about it, and but they got to see the opportunity. I can tell you stories about not being able to see opportunities too, but <laughs> but uh, if you're looking for somebody, you can draw on those kinds of pools because they're all around you, and you know good people, but you don't quite think outside the box, and it's important to be able to do that and count on your intuition or your gut. So your gut, or as I say, your antennae, if your antennae are up that you're always looking for good people, I guarantee you as you go throughout your, your, your day-to-day life, you're going to be bumping into good people all the time. So something as simple as going to a restaurant. And we have one restaurant that we frequent quite a bit with, with one of our clients, and we're always amazed at how well run this restaurant is. And they have one particular server uh, that the, the one client always raves about, how, just how fantastic she is and everything else. And He's thinking, hey, you know, maybe she could join our company. You know, it's just, it's just an idea. Again, th- th- that thought doesn't go through most people's heads. Right. But when you do encounter a good person like that, to your point, Jack, you say, hey, you know, you have an experience of what it's like to, to work with them or be around them and see how they, how they handle themselves. And a big part of any organization, especially for a small business, is that team is a reflection of your organization. It's a reflection of you. And it's an extension of you. And so if you have a pretty good experience with that person, chances are it's going to be pretty good. You know, one of my, uh, I don't say my favorite movies, but a movie I, I like quite a bit is a movie called uh, Family Man with, uh, with Nicolas Cage. I mentioned this a few weeks yeah, ago. I came up yeah. again as well. I think about this now as you're mentioning this. There's a, if you, for those of you who haven't seen it, again, it's, a, it's a kind of a more modern-day, um, wonderful life kind of thing where he gets a glimpse of what life would have been like if he had made a different choice and actually uh, uh, stayed and, and wound up marrying um, Tia, Tia, or Tia Leone, I don't know how you pronounce her name. I know, I know who you're talking they about. They were dating in, at, in college coming out and they, they wound up splitting, but they, he got a glimpse of what it would be like if, if, they had, if they had worked, or I'm sorry, if they had married and kind of gotten together. And long story short, um, he winds up working for his father-in-law who owns a tire business, you know, tire retail, versus his job when they split, you know, the, his real life was he's, he's on, he was an investment banker in Wall Street, this big M&A guy. And he, his boss, you know, in his in his real world, okay, before he got this glimpse, h- had a flat tire, 
happened to be a flat tire by his by his father's place. So he kind of brought him in. He starts pitching around these different ideas, and he invites him to, to return the car. And he brings him up and, and interviews him. He, he he talks about the guy and kind of give the guy a read. And he mentioned that he said, "Hey, you you know like to find some version. Of, you, know, you like to find interesting people in different situations, whatever, whatever it might be." He goes, "Well, how do you know that?" He goes, "Well, why else am I here? Right here he was. He got a flat tire of this car, and he spotted a guy." Who had something, right, in a retail tire shop, and invited him down to the to Wall Street to return his car and, and and to talk to the guy. So if you're, they're all antenna, around yeah, us. Yeah, if, if, if you're all around it, us, That's open right. your eyes. You, you, you'll see it, and try to bring those folks into your organization. Because what happens when you get good people, you want more of them, because good people help. And you know we have so many owners that take so much. And put it on their shoulders. Oh, total! It's it's abuse. I mean, it is abuse, self abuse. Well, because they can they can make the choices to change that, and they often don't. They continue to live under that oppression and that weight of of less than good people who they're carrying. So we should we should nominate a patron saint for business owners, Jack. Even though he's not a saint, Atlas. Sure, that's a good right? one. I mean, Saint shouldn't Saint Atlas? It'll be the patron saint of of, of small business owners worldwide. <laughs> you get that visual of carrying the world, the weight of the world on their shoulders. That's right. That might work. We'll have to try our uh, our Catholic friends here and see what what uh, kind of Saint Atlas would do. That's right. We can go. We can go straight to the Pope, right? Eventually, you got to fill those things out and make the case for sainthood. But well, uh, from our no like and trust list, we should be able to reach the Pope, shouldn't we? You're right. That's a who's he picking in, in the draft tomorrow? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is he even aware of the draft? He might be more of a soccer fan. I think the NFL is more <laughs> of a U.S. thing. As much as they try to expand it beyond. Uh, they, well, we're the NFL. part of the flock, right? For the NFL or for the church? For the Pope. <laughs> for the Pope. Yeah, the U.S. Yeah. He's got to be in touch with the U.S. The big events. Yeah, the, big US event, is not big a, event, the U.S. So. is not a growing portion of the Catholic faith, Jack. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it's going to Africa is a big part of it in South America. Those are those are a couple of growing areas, but not so much the U.S. <laughs> We're too busy looking at the NFL draft sometimes, you know? Well, that's true. That's true. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to find them. And, again, so if you're looking for, for, for people, there's lots of good places to find to find those good people, right? So we haven't spent nearly the amount of time and effort and hours and, and, and millions or billions of dollars to try to analyze. Most people haven't in terms of the NFL draft. But like everybody else in the world, we all have opinions on stuff. Some more educated or less educated, and our guts are smaller or bigger than others mm-hmm. to be able to kind of put out what you're thinking about. That's so. what makes it so exciting. The sure. NFL draft I'm talking about. And the ability, yeah, the ability to be able to second guess everything and, hey, I said this or did that. And, you know, we're often wrong too, but it doesn't matter because we aren't <laughs> we aren't the ones up on the on the podium there or in the spotlight or, or, or being second guessed. We're the second guessed. We're throwing those those uh, those salvos from the, from the back bench. But I liked, I liked what they did last year and, you know, the way they reorganized. This is the Cleveland Browns. I was very enthusiastic about last year two years ago but that analytical with the ivy league guys using your brain rather than your gut uh i don't know it worked a little bit certainly teed up this this uh one and four pick plus i don't know how many picks do they have all overall they got they got a lot of picks they have five of the in the first two rounds like five of the first 65 but uh numbers one and four is where everybody's focused jack so so what do you think? So you got those two picks. Should they pick somebody? Should they trade things? You know, what kind of things should they pick do Pick a with quarterback, those? number one, the guy from Wyoming. The guy from Wyoming being Josh Allen. Right. All right. He's the Why? guy. Why Josh Allen? I don't know. He's a big guy. He's got a good record. They all got good records, all four of them. But I just like him. I saw him play. Who did I see him play against? I can't remember the time. They're Big Sky. Are they in the Big Sky Conference? Big Sky, Big Mountain. Big something. Big, yeah, big something. Big open prairies in Wyoming, He looked Jack. good, though. He looked good, what little I saw of him. And uh, so I'm going with him. Going like with a him. Wentz coming from an obscure from little college State. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to be the trend for a couple of years now. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jack, in terms of picking a quarterback number one. I think the last thing they should do is trade out of that or to, to punt or skip on that. They, they should pick a quarterback number one. Pick the guy you, you think's the best guy for you. Mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of Sam Darnold for a long time. I've watched a lot of his games the last couple of years. I think Sam's the Sam's the guy. I think he has tremendous upside, has the right temperament, and I think he can handle the pressure of being of being the uh, 
the eventual savior, the nominated savior for the Cleveland Browns franchise. So I'd, so I'd go with Sam Darnold from USC as my pick for that. Okay. All right. What about number four? What are you going to do with number four, Jack? Get that big running back if he's available. Saquon Barkley? Yep. Okay. Why not? Why not? Or or the big defensive guy, Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, he could be the one, too. It gets confusing. There's another Chubb who's a running back from, from Georgia. Is there? Yeah, I don't think they're well. I don't think they're related, but they got the same last name. It could be kind of confusing. That's a popular choice too. You know what happens though is you know the, the, here here's the thing. A lot of what happens at number four depends on what happens with with number two, number three. You have two other teams that that are going to pick after you, right, or, or in between. Which to me, that's where it comes down to is is having the the cojones to 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 to, to choose your own destiny, not not put it in somebody else's hands. That's why the number one pick, take it and pick your guy and go with it. You hear all kinds of arguments about, hey, pick the best player, this or that. But at the end of the day, what we do know is that the, the teams that have their quarterback, how good or bad he is, as long as they have their quarterback, they have some, some stability there. Those are the teams that are able to build around and do, and do well. That's right. That's I one agree. of the things that's been failing here in Cleveland for the last 20 years, or since I came back to the NFL, is having that person that's going to be there under center every year. So pick that quarterback. I love Chubb as a, as a defensive end. I'm not a big fan of Barkley at at four, you know, because you can get running backs a little bit later. But you know, if they pick him and they feel good about him, that's I'm okay too. These guys have spent their time. We got to trust these guys to make the right kind of picks. That's, that's a big right. Part of their this guts, stuff too. their their collective guts. I'd like to see a visual of those collective guts. <laughs> Should they put those up as Bring part of the, as part stage. of the press conference? Right. That's right. Come up there and, and put their guts out. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us again on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you have any questions before or in between the show, you can get us by emailing radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. Hey, you can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio. WINT, 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online at wintradio.com.